Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about how I handle my husband's drinking. I've mentioned this a few times, but I'm married to a normal drinker. I'll tell you the ways I ask for his help when I quit drinking, how he has responded to my sobriety, 
what I would do if I was married to a problem drinker and how I would approach sober dating. So let's dig in. I started drinking in October 2012 and met my husband at the very beginning of November. I have more experience dating sober than I do drunk, actually. I didn't start drinking until I was 22, so all the dates that I went on before that, I didn't drink. My husband and I used to party all the time. Partying for us is when you either drink at home and get takeout or when you pregame and go out to the bar. My husband followed my lead with the drinking. Since I very quickly became a daily drinker, he drank most days too. Since I was getting drunk a lot, he drank heavily too. There were a few key differences though between his normal drinking and my problematic drinking. He was able to stop before the end of the night and switch to water. And he was able to skip days with no stress when he just wasn't feeling like it. Every time he got drunk, it was fully his choice. We had this belief that drinking was fun and it's how you connect. We really didn't have a time in our relationship when we weren't constantly drinking together. I think this is a big reason I pursued moderation for so long. I didn't want to lose the ability to connect and have fun with my husband. I wasn't sure what our relationship would be like if I didn't drink, or even if it would survive that change. When I quit drinking, I was extremely motivated, as motivated as a person could be. I asked my husband to take a break for the first few weeks to help me adjust. This request didn't even phase him because, like I said, normal drinker. I quit drinking in November 2019, right before all the holidays, parties, and heavy drinking begins. It wasn't easy. We go to his mother's house every Christmas, and she's out of state, so we stay for a few days. I think he had two beers during the Christmas Eve party, which is a big drinking event, and only one drink on Christmas Day. I didn't even ask him to do that. On New Year's Eve, I was so sad I couldn't drink champagne or drink anything for that matter. He decided to not drink with me so I wouldn't feel so bad. When we planned a vacation, which we eventually had to cancel, he told me he wouldn't drink for the whole week with me. He's definitely my sobriety champion. He randomly quit drinking for two months over the summer and drank non-alcoholic beers with me. Since I quit, he went from nearly daily drinking to only a few drinks a week. He lost his drinking buddy, so he had no reason to get drunk by himself. Where I had no problem shredding by myself or even next to him while he didn't drink, normal drinkers usually don't do that sort of thing. He's the type of guy who has a beer and might not finish it. This change has been key for our relationship. If he was still drinking like he was before, we'd have a big problem. The first few times we went out on dates after I got sober, it was kind of awkward. I went into it with the belief that we wouldn't be able to connect as much, so that was the outcome. As I got more comfortable going to dinner sober, I was able to open up more and relax. Now we connect so much more than we did while we drank. Connection during drinking is fake. If you're in a relationship with a normal drinker, don't be afraid to ask for help. Normal drinkers don't care about taking a little time off because their life doesn't revolve around alcohol like ours did. They're just fine to socialize or unwind after work without a drink. Besides asking him to do the first few weeks with me, I also asked if he wouldn't drink wine around me. 
One was my drink. I imagined that seeing him having fun drinking a delicious wine would make me insanely jealous and just generally bitchy. Maybe it seems selfish for making such a big request, especially considering wine is his favorite drink too, but that is what I needed from him to get sober. My sobriety is more important than him drinking wine. Sorry, not sorry. It has been weird when he would go out with friends and come home smelling like alcohol. Drunk people smell horrible. I never picked up on it because I always smelled horrible too. Now that I'm sober, I have super senses. I'm able to spot a glass of wine from far away and even pick up on the brand if it's something I've had before. Whenever there's alcohol around, my eyes just hone in on it. I also have super smell. I can smell alcohol on you even if you just had one drink. One actual drink, not the just one drink us problem drinkers have. What this means for my marriage is my husband stinks when he gets home from being social. I tell him he smells like alcohol and ask him to brush his teeth. Again, sorry, not sorry. Sometimes it's hard for me to kiss him if he's stinky. So I tell him, why hide it? He knows I don't want to smell alcohol when I can't ever have alcohol again for the rest of my life. It's not an insult to him at all. We have an agreement that when he gets drunk, live your best life, but I'm not going to want to hang out with you. Hanging out with drunk people when you're sober sucks. It doesn't mean I think less of him for getting drunk. It just means I'd rather go read a book by myself or do anything else. We made this agreement when he wasn't drinking, obviously, or that had the potential to become a fight. He isn't offended by me asking for what I need and being extremely clear about it. He can kind of imagine what it feels like to be in my situation, so he is very accommodating. When we first started living together, I was 23 and just coming off of some pretty extreme eating behaviors. I told him that we're not going to keep cookies, chips, or just general snack food in the house because I'll eat it all. He was fine with it. We actually have this unspoken rule in our relationship for how we compromise and make decisions. Whoever the issue is more important to gets their way. For example, he stacked dirty dishes in the sink and it drove me nuts. I like to put dirty dishes neatly on the counter next to the sink. I hate coming into the kitchen and seeing a dirty sink. It just really gets me. So because I'm way more passionate about this topic, we put the dishes on the counter now. My husband really doesn't like the sheets and blankets to be tucked under the bed. He's crazy passionate about this, so we just let the blankets hang free. Sure, the bed can look like a complete disaster sometimes, but he cares more about the sheets than I do. I care way more about alcohol than he can even comprehend. So when it comes to alcohol, we do it my way. Getting sober is hard enough. It's one of the hardest things a person can do. So why make it harder on ourselves by trying to please everyone else and keep our needs to ourselves? I encourage you, if you haven't done this yet, to have a conversation with your partner and tell them how they could best help you. I would never tell my husband, you can't ever drink again because I can't. But I'm not afraid to tell him what will help me. He keeps beers in the fridge and that's okay with me. Non-alcoholic beers taste exactly the same 
and in my opinion are way more fun, so beer doesn't bother me. I won't get him a beer, though, and he knows that. If that's a problem for you, then use some of the money you're saving from not drinking to buy your partner a mini fridge. They can have a special space for their fridge where you don't have to go. If that's still a problem, then maybe the fridge has a lock on it, or maybe your partner just doesn't keep alcohol in the house for a bit. Again, this won't be a big deal for a normal drinker. They can just go out with their friends more. No one loses there. Someone had a glass of wine in front of me recently for the first time in almost a year of sobriety. It was really weird, but I was okay. I was hyper aware of the glass because of my super senses, but it didn't upset me. When I told my husband this, he was happy for me, but also said to let him know when it's okay for him to have a glass of wine because he'd really rather drink wine. That made me nervous, but he has not had any wine in front of me for almost a year, so I think we can test the water soon. I was thinking maybe we could go to some kind of chain restaurant like the 99 and he can get a glass of wine there. Places like that really don't have great wine, and there's no ritual around pouring the wine, so I'm not going to be as jealous if we were at a fine dining restaurant. I know this will be a really big challenge for me. If I can't have wine, then no one should be able to have wine ever again. I'm trying to be realistic, though. I need to try to accommodate him now because he has done so much for me over the past year. So I'll keep you guys updated on this. If I was married to a problem drinker, then either they would need to stop drinking as well, it doesn't have to be at exactly the same time, or the relationship just wouldn't work. Like I said, hanging out with a drunk person isn't fun. And if I were married to a problem drinker, then I'd expect them to be drunk a lot. First, I can imagine that would be super triggering, no matter how much sober time you have, but especially in the beginning. But more importantly, it's impossible to have a meaningful relationship if one person is sober and the other one is drunk frequently and obsessed with alcohol. If my husband came home every day after work, immediately started drinking and continued for hours, then we couldn't do anything. We could sit around and watch TV, but that gets boring eventually. When you're a problem drinker, you spend a lot of time just sitting around or standing around doing nothing. Sober people don't want to sit around doing nothing, so it just wouldn't work for me. So again, if I were married to a problem drinker, they wouldn't have to stop drinking at the exact same time as me. I know everybody has their own journey, But the longer that I stay sober and the longer that they stay drunk, it's going to push us further and further apart from each other emotionally. We'll probably hang out less and less, and I'll probably get really annoyed with them. And that is why I say it just would not work. I consider myself very, very fortunate to be married to a normal drinker. I said at the beginning of this episode that I started drinking right before I met my husband. I was 22 and a half. I've been dating since I was 13, so that's almost 10 years of alcohol-free dating. I've been on tons of dates, too. I never had an issue dating and not drinking. I'd even go out with guys and they'd drink and I wouldn't. It just wasn't something I did. If I were going back into sober dating now, after seven years of drunk dating, then I'd choose the activity very carefully. 
Will you feel tempted to drink if you're at dinner and they're drinking? Then don't go to dinner. Instead, ask to meet for coffee. Starbucks doesn't serve alcohol. Go do some kind of activity like apple picking, ice skating, go-karting, go to a movie or go to a museum. I'm a huge believer in online dating, so if I were doing that, I would make sure my profile clearly said, I don't drink. Back when I was online dating on OkCupid, there was a thing on the side where you could choose how much you drank or smoked. My profile would say never. If a prospective date's profile said he drinks frequently, then I wouldn't go out with that person. I would also ask beforehand saying something like, so I don't drink, is that a problem for you? Because unfortunately, it is a problem for some people. And I'd rather not be in that situation if I didn't have to be. I would want to make sure that this guy really knew that I don't drink because he's way less likely to ask me if I want to drink or put the pressure on. You don't have to let everyone know you're sober until they deserve to know that information. That's why I put it as I don't drink. Plenty of people don't drink because they just don't like to drink. They don't even have a reason for it. So you don't have to explain yourself. If someone asks why I didn't drink, I would simply say, it's just not my thing. If someone tries to pressure me to drink, then they're done. No more dates for you. I would also make sure to have at least one friend I felt really safe with be aware that I was out on a date and may need to text them. Support is great. I had friends I could text when I went to drinking parties sober early on. So I hope this information was helpful for you. Overall, the most important thing to get from this episode is to tell people what you need. I think a lot of people who struggle with alcohol also struggle with people-pleasing and codependency, and we don't want to inconvenience anyone or make them mad at us. But asking for help is okay. If these people truly love you and they don't have their own alcohol problem, then they will want to support you. So if you haven't done it yet, have a conversation with your partner, with your friends, with your family, and let them know how they can support you. Maybe you were obsessed with Cosmos. Maybe that was your drink. So maybe you ask people not to order a Cosmo for a bit when you guys go out to dinner. If that'll help you, they can just find another drink. I'll keep you guys updated on my husband reintroducing wine on our dates. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. 
We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.